This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yeah, let's uh, stay with that uh, uh, story, the big news story over the weekend. And, uh, well, yesterday gun battles continued to rage between Hamas militants and Israeli forces a day after the Islamist group launched a surprise attack on Israel from Gaza in a dramatic escalation of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Hundreds of people have been killed on both sides since uh, Hamas launched a multi-pronged assault at dawn on Saturday with Israeli forces fighting to hold out militants and pounding the Gaza Strip with airstrikes in retaliation. Israel says Hamas gunmen have killed 700 people and that 700, over 2,000 in Israeli cities were injured or wounded. Towns, uh, that's also including people in cities, towns and kibbutz communities. Uh, Hamas seized Israeli military equipment and took unknown number of uh, Israeli civilians hostages uh, or hostage, with some reports estimating that number of hostages taken at uh, around 100. Analysts say Israel was caught completely off guard by this attack. Well, speaking um, ahead of the United at the United Nations yesterday, um, Israel's permanent representative to the United Nations. Um, well, said that, that is uh, Gilad Erdan. Um, he said the permanent, rather, he described the events of the last few days as unprecedented and called the attacks that this is Israel's 9-11. Let's speak to the National Chairperson of the Jewish Board of Deputies in South Africa, Karen Miller, good, or Milner. Good morning to you and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Titi. Thank you very much for having you on your show, having me on your show, and good morning to your listeners. Yeah, I wonder. Let me get your reaction. I mean, at first, firstly, would you share um, the um, Mr. Erdan's uh, description to say that this is Israel's nine eleven moment? Absolutely, and I mean, I think that the devastation. I think this is unlike anything that we've ever been seen, but we've ever seen before. To be quite honest, and. I mean, the statistic that I think really chills the blood of all Jews is that this is the highest number of Jews killed in one day since the Holocaust. And if you look at the um, the, the population of Israel and the Jewish population of Israel, the number killed is a significant proportion, actually, of the population of Israel. And I can talk for the South Africans here. Almost all of us know somebody or know of somebody who has been, who is missing, who's been kidnapped or has been killed. You know, the, the, the conflict uh, in Israel, between Israel and the Palestinians here, is very difficult for most people to actually comprehend, especially the, the, you know, the way that there seems to be no resolution in sight. And it's violent, the violent nature of the, comp- of the conflict is very hard to comprehend because, you know, and also you see, it seems to be stuck in a constant stalemate, you know, where the Israelis will say they have a right to protect themselves, that they are under attack from um, Palestinian terrorists, uh, while Palestinians on the other side argue that they are fighting for their freedom because they are living under occupation. You know, under such, I don't know, where where do you think, think 
that things can go from here. I think we all know the pattern of how things have been happening over the years. You know, there would be an attack, albeit on a very small scale, from the um, one side, on a much smaller scale, I should say, from the Palestinian side, and then there would be a response from Israel. Um, I, I just don't know. So one imagines that we will have that kind of response now. But beyond that, where do things go? I mean, I think that the cycle of violence really is devastating. And I speak on behalf of the South African Jewish Board of Deputies, but I mean, we've always believed in a two-state solution as the only viable solution to this conflict. Um, but in order to have a two-state solution, you have to have people who are willing to sit down and negotiate. And I, I want to point out, I think it's quite important, that this attack came um, when it seemed like peace with Saudi Arabia was coming very close. Um, so there was real progress being made um, on the peace front. And part of that peace would definitely have involved um, certain uh, concessions on behalf of Israel with regard to Palestinians um, and perhaps even putting Israel once again back on a real track to a peace process. And I think what is, you know, and I don't want to say aside from the loss of life because I can't get over the loss of life and the mm. horrors. But over and above, perhaps, the loss of life, what is so tragic um, about this attack is that it, it set this peace process, as I said, that, that we really were um, on, the, on the verge, I think, of a massive peace with, with, with the, the Israelis were on the verge of a massive peace process with Saudi Arabia. I think that it could have been the start um, of real genuine peace in the region and this attack, I think, was partly designed to prevent that. And I have no words to understand why um, such an attack would happen as we were about, as the parties were mm. about to enter what would have been a very meaningful peace process. I mean, you know, as the SA Jewish uh, Board of Deputies, I mean, uh, your solidarity with Israel, I would imagine, is on religious grounds but the politics of uh, the conflict there are also you know quite complex that different prime ministers have taken different approaches uh, in terms of engagement with the palestinians for example the current government under benjamin netanyahu uh, which is now a right-wing coalition as it's been described you know have uh, taken a very different attitude say to the expansion of um, you know of settlements and that sort of thing that kind of thing um, also does nothing as well, you know, in terms of uh, fostering peace or actually moving in a direction of, uh, of, of, of peaceful settlement of issues. So the Board of Deputies uh, and, and Jews in South Africa and, in fact, Jews worldwide, we have, as you are quite correct, we have religious, very strong religious ties to Israel. There are also very strong historical, cultural. Um, so so the, the, the ties to Israel are really very strong. But the ties are to Israel. They're not to an Israeli government. And our connection to Israel is about the state of Israel and the right of the state of Israel to exist. Mm. Um, we have, uh, you know, Israel's a democracy. Um, South African Jews have wide variety of views um, on the different governments of Israel. Um, and our, we, you know, our connection, as I said before, is to the state of Israel. We have no particular loyalty, no particular connection to um, any government in Israel. Mm. Um, yeah, 
that, that so, so you know our, mm. our, our connection and our, our trauma at the moment mm. um, is is around what's happened in Israel rather than around any specific Israeli government. You know, the exam, the, it has often you know the Israeli government has often been described to say that this is an apartheid uh, government. And I want to understand it from you as somebody who lives in South Africa, who has got a background of, uh, you know, what apartheid South Africa is about. What you under, how you view things and what your understanding of things and how maybe just put us in the mind of an average, um, you know, Isra- um, a, a, a Israeli a Jew, per, Jewish person living in Israel and how they view the Palestinians, because even at the height of apartheid, I just don't get a sense that um, the level of, gosh, I mean, there, I don't think there's any way of other describing it, but uh, hatred that seems to exist. Is that uh, a misconception of how the Pali- ordinary uh, Israelis view Palestinians and vice versa in your understanding? I, 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 certainly, I think that characterizing Israel as an apartheid state is it's an inappropriate characterization. And I, I don't know if we have time now to go into the details of that, but I, I, I think it's become quite an easy and lazy way of describing the conflict in Israel. Um, apartheid, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm not here to lecture South Africans on what apartheid was, mm. how horrific it was. It was a, 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 no doubt in my mind that it was a crime against humanity. And um, there, there were very specific things that characterized South Africa as apartheid. I think that when you characterize Israel as apartheid, you are looking, you are placing a label from one situation and uh, uh, which had a specific solution, and you are imposing it on another on another situation which requires a different kind of solution. So I think in the, in the first place, it's, it's really not a helpful label. Um, and I mean, I can go into the details of, of the way of, of the hospitals being integrated and Arab judges and um, democracy, actually, and the fact that um, um, Israeli Arabs had the vote. But I, I don't really want to focus on the kind of nitty-gritty mm. details of, mm. of why isn't an, Israel isn't an apartheid state. Mm. I think that the hate that you're talking about and I mean it's funny that you mention it because I think that the the the, the barbarism that we have that we saw in these attacks is nothing like anything we have barely seen um, around the world I mean the closest that I, I can I can come to it um, and I, I, we might see it coming out again is what we saw with ISIS mm. um, of, of and, and, and I mean you described some of the horrors that there was a youth concert. Um, uh, there was mass rape at this youth concert, and and all the kids were killed. Um, that they, they killed people in an old age care home. They took old women mm. um, with Alzheimer's and dementia um, captive. True. So I think that I, I, I can't I, I can't begin to understand. I have to and say. I think yeah, I, I think I, I that really this. Can't. I, I yeah. can't Look, explain that barbarism. I, I don't think anything anything can. I, mm. I, I do want to focus on the future and want to focus on peace. But right. in, in these circumstances, it's, it's very hard to start okay. thinking along those lines. Karamita, we're going to have to leave it there. But I want to thank you uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you very much.
That's the national chairperson of the SA Jewish Board of Deputies. Uh, and, of course, we were hoping to have uh, to speak to um, Palestinian activists, a lady that we've spoken to on the Lema Nasir, who had agreed to speak to us. Unfortunately, we can't uh, get through to uh, her. She is actually in Belgium at the moment, but her family are still in Palestine. So, uh, yeah, I would have liked to hear her take on things as well, because she would say the horrors that are being described there by her Karen are experienced as well on a daily by Palestinians. Power Breakfast with TT. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. We were, we've been trying to get a hold of a name, Gina, who has uh, thankfully taken our call. Thank you so much, name Gina. I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, firstly, let me just get your impressions here. Um, certainly, this is certainly, I think most people agree, uh, unprecedented. We've never seen anything uh, on this scale, certainly, coming from the side of uh, um, Hamas. Um, but what are your reflections on what we are seeing right now? I mean, there's a, a familiar pattern that is unfolding now because you're having retaliation coming from Israel. And we know that historically, their response, you know, has been disproportionate to whatever the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, whatever they may have suffered, damage they may have suffered, they respond in kind. What are you seeing in terms, what is your reading of what, is, what will unfold now? Well, firstly, I, I think that, you know, while all of us, I think, uh, would be correct to say we're, we're surprised and somewhat shocked at, mm. uh, at the events of that morning, um, in some ways, it was um, it, it was something that we should have expected. It would happen. We don't At know when. At some point, mm. um, have been living for uh, living under almost eight decades of uh, of occupation. Um, they land stolen without uh, them being consulted about it. Um, increasingly, they land stolen. In this year, the number of settlements in the West Bank has increased. Uh, settlers have acted with complete impunity against uh, against Palestinians. And settlements, of course, all of them are illegal under international law. Mm. Um, last week, uh, incursions and invasion of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Gaza has lived under um, a hermetic siege for 17 years and been bombed routinely from the air, etc. Mm. So it reached a point where, uh, where it would have reached. I mean, mm. no oppressed people except uh, that and goes on living in that way. Mm. Um, you're correct. I think that the, the Israeli um, response uh, has been quite heavy and will, will get heavier, I think. Mm. Uh, in terms of where this will go forward, um, I think there's a few, there's a few scenarios. One is that uh, the Israelis, together, of course, with uh, the Americans, the Americans have uh, authorized now $8 billion more military aid for mm. Israel as well as sending uh, parts of its navy to the East Mediterranean mm. uh, to, to assist Israel. So, um, so the, the, one, the one scenario, of course, is that um, what Netanyahu has threatened, which is that uh, Gaza will become a desert island, um, which really is, is, a, is a, in a sense, a statement of genocide that mm. he's saying is going to mm. clear out Gaza of, of all Palestinians. Um, but another scenario, uh, I believe, is that um, as the, the the attack on Gaza increases, that we will see resistance, pockets of resistance in the West Bank rising up, uh, which over the past two years or so have been stronger in the West Bank than they've ever been. Um, we'll see, as in 2021, 
uh, Palestinians in within Israel um, rising up. Um, and if it gets worse than that, I think that the possibility of um, of, of a larger scale um, response in solidarity with the Palestinians from the north, from Lebanon, mm. uh, is, is 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 a real possibility, and that could include. Uh, ground forces coming in from the north. So you have ground forces from the south. Um, Although already uh, there have been exchanges, I gather. There's already been exchange of fire with Hezbollah, also fire, um, you know, firing some, uh, apparently exchanging fire with the IDF. So that already seems to have started. That's already started, but it's uh, at a very low level. And basically, I mean, we we could regard it as warning shots. I think Mm. the, the, the capacity is much stronger. Uh, than that, and uh, firstly, the the rocket capacity uh, from from the north is much stronger than that. Mm. And uh, if they if they do what is being done by the resistance in the south, which is to send in ground troops, um, then you're looking at a kind of full scale war mm. um, in in that situation. Sure. Uh, and how would that play out? I see the Palestinian ambassador Riyad Mansour to the UN was saying that, uh, you know, he's calling for peaceful resolution, saying that this is not the time for Israel to be doubling down on its uh, terrible choices, as he put it. And he said, this is a time for to tell Israel it's a time to change. Um, I don't, uh, would that land on Israeli ears um, at this point? <laughs> no, no, it won't. Uh, of course, uh, Riyad Mansour himself represents the Palestinian Authority that has become entirely irrelevant, mm. uh, not only in this equation, but uh, you know over the past few years. Uh, but no, I, I, I mean, I think that that's not going to fall uh, well on Israeli uh, ears right now. In fact, uh, the Israelis will probably not hear it. Mm. But that is the message, um, that as long as the occupation does not end, um, this will continue, mm. and by this I mean what we've seen over the past uh, weekend. Yeah. Um, as you said, it's, it's unprecedented, it's never happened before, but it's able to have happened now. I mean, Palestinians uh, still now uh, are controlling certain parts of uh, mm. southern Israel um, against one of the most powerful armies in the world. Mm. Um, they're able to hold territory. They have, uh, they they say, 130 um, hostages or captives, uh, prisoners of war. Mm. A large majority of them are um, are military personnel. Yeah. Um, they no. took over military base. They took over police stations, etc. Mm. Um, th- this is. Name. In terms of, yeah. yeah. So sorry, I'm just gonna sorry to interrupt you. The, the, we're just gonna have to uh, leave it that. That, uh, but I would love to. I just wanted to get your perspective, even as briefly as we can, because I know we've had a busy morning. You have, but uh, we will revisit. Of course, this is not gonna be over for a while yet. We will uh, revisit this, and hopefully, you'll make yourself available again. Thank you so much. Thank you. What well, Naeem Jenner is with the Afro Middle East Center. There, we'll revisit. Well, of course, we'll stay with it. This is going to be a big story for a while yet to come. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.